I'm not good music. Just the good stuff, baby. Sean said something kind of blasphemous, in my opinion, while uh, you stepped away when we were um, chatting before the show. So, Will, Will's been ranking ranch waters. He's a ranch water fan. Will, what ranch water are you drinking right now? Uh, Tonight's Dos Equis, which is Spanish for two Equis. Ah, yep. And uh, he's he's been enjoying it. And Sean, just offhand, just mentioned, you know, I think a drink that tasted or used ranch would be good. No. Because of the zestiness or some shit. Yeah. And I'm just like, hold on a second. Hold that thought. Let's start the episode. <laughs> we'll come back to it at the end. We'll you come have, back. You have an hour to gather your thoughts. <laughs> In any case, welcome to episode 211 of Radish. I'm Sean. I don't like being attacked at the top of the episode, but you got to take into account, I was the seventh grader who wore husky pants and gave up ranch for one <laughs> So it. this is just, this is me. Uh, and it doesn't, it doesn't sound like a terrible thing to me. Um, in any case, we'll talk about it later. Okay. Um, I'm Will and I have a normal relationship with condiments. Well, now I'm <laughs> fine. <laughs> <laughs> now Ranch and I are that's in how like, I, a, that's uh, how I start dates. We're in a platonic <laughs> relationship. I just want to get it out here. Me and me and condiments besides uh Japanese barbecue sauce. Which is good on everything. The Costco bottle. Mm-hmm. 100%. The, uh, uh, shoot, what's, uh, what? the, that's the red and white one. Yeah. Yeah. Bacham, I think, is the brand. You better be right. I better be right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm Tyler, and, uh, Mayo Chup is actually my favorite condiment. You guys remember when, uh, when they did that? That was like, they, they were like swirled, right? Yeah, yeah, that was and like they did, like a lot of different two years like, ago wasn't swirls it? with mayo, like a like yeah. a Costco frozen yogurt. Mm-hmm. It was surprisingly right before the coronavirus. Oh, they actually That's they sponsored an episode of uh, ridiculousness, and I think they called it Mayo Ridiculousness or something. It did. It was absolutely. I don't like, I don't like the term Mayo Ridiculousness. <laughs> <laughs> That's me when I go to Publix and ask for a pub sub. <laughs> Give me that mayo ridiculousness. Give me both sides. May, may your days be merry and bright, and mayo ridiculousness. <laughs> <laughs> mayo ridiculousness. Dicu- well, <laughs> that's the name of the episode, folks. That's we the name of the episode. No, uh, and producer now says they are still mayo ridiculousness. Oh god. Oh good. We have I'm learned. Glad. Where I- I- Icarus is flying just laps around the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Going for another pass. Tonight, today, we're talking about a, uh, we've got a Thieves Guild entry in our news story. We had, there's a new uh, a thief out there that we want to uh, talk about and honor. Uh, we're going through the Billboard Top 10 of 2013. Will went to the dentist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be talking about uh, why you should be hyped for the new uh, Game of Thrones spinoff, House of the Dragon, which premieres this Sunday, uh, if you're listening to this. And then for the goodie bag, since the rehearsal is nearly up uh, and we're all obsessed with it and can't stop thinking about it, figured it's why don't up? Let's do more episodes. Oh. Yeah. Oh, no. Um, we're going to be uh, talking about life moments that we wish we could rehearse if possible, a la Nathan Fielder. I'm really enjoying the first and last season of the rehearsal. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. I heard today that apparently 
when before the show came out, they sent it out to critics. They only sent the first five episodes. So no one's oh. seen the sixth episode. I think six is going to be a murder-suicide. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> six is going to be... The way things are escalating. It's a Bud Dwyer situation. <laughs> I think Nathan Fielder's just going to die naturally, and the replacement Nathan from episode four is going to come and take over for him, and that's just going to be the new Nathan Fielder. It, what a show. We'll get to it. In any case, mm-hmm. who stole what where? Can yeah. we get Big Thief to write a song for the segment? Sure. I sure oh. wish we could. Maybe I could find one. <laughs> you said it like there was going to be a follow-up sentence. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I, was, I was waiting with bated breath. Like, could we? Um, we got a new entry to the Thieves Guild, everyone. Um, ba 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 ba. No, it's good. Clip that. Clip that. Um, <laughs> the uh, last, I think, the last thief we added to the guild was the dude who stole a box of human skulls out of yes. a van in front of a hospital in Denver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this one's also pretty good. Uh, there's a thief or thieves who stole at least twenty whole briskets worth close to $3,000 from a famous Texas barbecue restaurant. It was just a classic smash and grab. Um, You know, with barbecuing, for good barbecue, you got to get, they got to get the people out there going at like three in the morning, loading those things into the smokers. Yeah. So. My dad used to, uh, every year on his birthday, he would buy an entire pig and cook it the entire night before his birthday. (laughs) What? That's incredible. (laughs) Yeah. he He and his friend had the same birthday. So they would go out and they'd split the cost of a whole pig. And for their party, they would just stay up the night before their birthday and roast it over a dull flame until the next night. And they'd sleep in shifts. Suckling pig. Tyler, How much does a whole pig cost? Uh, it was it was the seventies, so probably you know. Your dad was thirty cents. A nickel. Yeah, <laughs> they, they they probably caught it. <laughs> <laughs> they caught a wild. Dang. He did say they went to they went to pick up the pig once and they the lady, the lady brought it out. She was like kind of a small younger lady. She puts it up on the counter and it had the head on it. And he was like, "Oh, we didn't want we we have no use for the head." And so she goes, "Oh, no problem." And takes out a knife this big and went whip and just the whole head came off. Oh and my so god. That lady is so powerful. <laughs> Butcher's man. Dang. Well, they should went with the whole pig. It's not a full suckling pig unless it's got an apple in its mouth. That's what, what I was thinking. What is they that- do with the head? They're just going to cut it off. <laughs> yeah, but it's the ambiance. It doesn't really have a cool skull either. You can't be like, I smoked this pig. I smoked this pig. <laughs> nah. Yeah, they, they were they were just just in it for the just in it for the barbecue. <laughs> mm. Fair enough. Aren't we all? Truly. <laughs> when you think about <laughs> it. Yeah. Yep. Well, these thieves certainly were. And they stole all of these amazing briskets from La Barbecue in Austin, which is a fantastic barbecue restaurant, which so the French owner has gone on. Um, I don't know about that. The uh, La owner went. <sighs> is this a joke? La Barbecue. <laughs> you legally have to tell me if it's a bit. <laughs> la, not la. La. Yeah, it's, it's a feminine word. <laughs> it's a feminine word, <laughs> so it's la. Anyways. Anyways. These thieves broke in. Apparently, they were they've been broken in like five times before this as well. So I think they just need to pick a better location. But um, these thieves have to be barbecue pit masters because they're picking up these like briskets mid barbecue. They're gonna have to transfer it to another barbecue somewhere. So I feel like the police. It's gonna be pretty easy for them to find it because they just need to do the old like Pepe Le Pew, follow the the scent of the you know brisket rolling down the street. Yeah, but it's Austin, Texas. I imagine the entire city smells like barbecue. Yeah, I didn't consider that. That's like like, where you go. Stealing a tree in a forest. 
That's where, exactly, that's where, like, all the guys with thick frames and black gloves and uh, gray aprons go to smoke meats. That's one guy. You're you're describing one guy. Yeah, they all look like it. Who's known for being from Austin, but. Uh, I have another thief. Oh. Okay. I I was going to wish the brisket thieves well, and I hope the meat tastes good. I'm sure it did. Sorry, somebody just texted me about uh, what office desks they should get, and Uh I have a lot of opinions on this because... Uh, I built my desk and it was really cheap and it was a hundred times better than every desk I've ever bought from Ikea. So wow. um, speaking of thieves, Ikea hacks. Um, <laughs> yeah. So also out of Texas, another Texas, big, big, big week for Texas thievery. Yeah. Um, in Houston, they had a gun buyback program oh. where they said, Oh, if you, if you have guns, uh, give them to us and we will, we will take them off the streets, you know, take them off or whatever and you know, no sure. questions asked give you cash for them and uh, a local hero 3d printed 150 guns <laughs> oh that's badass sold them back to the city for no oh, sorry it's 50 it's 50 but he okay. sold them back for uh he should have gotten 150 a piece because that was the price for handguns mm-hmm. but they only gave him 50 because it was technically a broken gun uh, uh so he basically just printed the the body of the gun and sold them back and they, he made three thousand dollars. That, that's awesome. And they that's, said, percent. Okay. I, I, I remember seeing this story, and I thought that they were like, I figured it was a bit of fear mongering of like there are over there are hundreds of three D printed guns out there on the streets now, and someone just happened to have a bunch of them. I did not no, think this that was this guy, guy was like, just, oh, I can just print these and sell them back. <laughs> <laughs> they don't Beautiful. even have to work. <laughs> so yeah, he was like, oh. I had this printed out ghost gun with no serial number. Can you buy this? And they were like, well, the program says we have to. So they've, for the second round of it, which is coming up, they've said no 3D printed guns. <laughs> but <laughs> y'all so keep, keep it 3D. 3K though? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Wow. They had to honor it. And he made $3,000. And they said that each one cost about $4 in plastic <laughs> to print. Yes. So he was making like 46 bucks a pop off these things. Damn. Good for him. Good for him. True. Cops don't need that. I'm still terrified of the idea of a 3D printed gun, but that's the world we live in now. Well, they're off the streets. That's what's important. In Houston. That's what I can't I can't get a 3D printed those things aren't load bearing. They're not they're not they're well, I guess that is what killed Shinzo Abe. But uh <laughs> that was a one and done. The gun broke after he fired it. That Unless you had some other grudge against you, you're fine. Right. Fair enough. Those things aren't load bearing. <laughs> they okay. cannot take a, a combustion bullet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good to know. They will they will flare out at the end like uh, Elmer Fudd's gun when you put your finger in the end. You <laughs> <laughs> just three D print an Elmer Fudd gun. It's plastic with a low melting point. It's not going to shoot a bullet through you. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. That okay. Not more than once. All right. <laughs> Ooh. Uh. This isn't really good stuff, but do you want to hear about the TikTok dentist? Please. 100%. This is really more of a, a man on the street field reporting. Uh, so It's true journalism. It's investigative it, journalism. It, yeah. It's gonzo. Is what it is. This is Hunter S. Thompson lives on through me. Uh, uh, so there's a, a, a place near me. Uh, have y'all noticed this trend in buildings recently where there's like one wall that's just vines? Yeah. Yeah, that's usually a sign to stay away from that place. Mm. You're about to pay way too much for a Moscow mule. Uh, <laughs> but there was one of those near me, and it says, dental done differently. And I made some joke 
uh, that like, I'm fine with the way dentistry is being done. And my sister was like, oh, you got to tend here. Those things are like, I see them on like TikTok all the time. They're super fancy dentists. And I was like, really? And she was like, yeah, they're, they're like, they're super cool looking inside. And I was like, I haven't been to the dentist in like five years. I should probably go. <laughs> uh, true story. Uh, <laughs> there was a pandemic. And then I also, I forgot. Uh, <laughs> That's totally fair. Uh, and so I looked it up and they were in my insurance and I was like, great, I'll go to, they're only in like LA, New York here in Dallas, I think, or something like that. And I was like, all right, this is like a, a trial location. I will go to the trendy millennial dentist and see what the, you know, at least I'll get the, the swag or whatever. And I could get out of it and it's, it's covered by insurance or whatever. So I go in and the first thing I do when checking in is the lady was like, oh, you've already hit your max. So you're going to have to pay $250 for the x-rays. And I was like, do I need x-rays? And she was like, we'd like you to get x-rays. <laughs> and I was like, well, I can just go then. I'm not going to pay 250 for something that's covered by my insurance. And she was like, we'll talk about it. So she goes in the back. She comes out. And she's like, we can get you the, well, I can only assume are like plebeian x-rays. <laughs> and I was like, fine. Just do, what, do the bare minimum. I know, I know things are fine in there. I don't have tooth pains. Uh, uh, so the guy, so I go take him to the back. And I guess, I guess the lobby's nice. It's sure. it's kind of a nice yeah. lobby. It's got it looks not a hard bit to do. Like, yeah, it looks a little bit like the hotel room from 2001: Space Odyssey. Okay. Uh, and she hands me. She stands up and goes, "And here is our complimentary toothbrush." And I was like, "You know, every place does this. <laughs> uh, this is I, the one that I went to gave like had Elmo ones, and that was fantastic. This was green and has their branding on it. I feel like I'm oh. I'm doing advertising for them. Like You're this is out. not." So what I I still use learned, that same Elmo toothbrush. Did it come with like a, a free little like mini floss and a free little mini toothpaste? I got a mini toothpaste, but no mini floss. Mm. No stick. Well, brand of toothpaste. They're not even doing ten? what the dentist basically does. <laughs> it's ten brand. <laughs> so much of this place was just like, it's got to be so easy to make like an aesthetic millennial business because all you have to do is do the same thing they're currently doing, but charge more and act like you invented it. Yeah. I walked in to the exam room, observation room, whatever, and there's like a little end table and it says we clean the space off just for you and i was like yeah man your, your doctor's off <laughs> <laughs> that's what you're supposed to do i've never I've never been someplace where it's just like messy and other people's yeah, stuff around thank you for taking the last person's stuff off the end table i guess <laughs> you made a placard for this and there was like a tv in front of the so like you can look at your x-rays and stuff and the tv said like will we cleaned this room just for you and i was like again Thank you. You should, you, you should be doing that. <laughs> this is a doctor's office. <laughs> there are things about to go into my mouth. Yeah. Needs to be clean. So the guy, the guy is a, uh, the, the x-ray tech takes me to the x-ray room uh, where I guess he has to f- figure out. Uh, it was tend, not meant. I'm sorry. Uh, tend is the, uh, <laughs> we're never going to get a ten sponsorship, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it'll exist. Past I, go, I go into the, uh, go into the, x-ray room and the guy i guess has to figure out how to use the the pedestrian x-rays and not the influencer x-rays <laughs> and he makes me bite down a little thing very very standard stuff and then he leaves and the machine comes on and he comes running back and he goes wait this is important with the, with the lead apron man like, ah man you're the x-ray tech and he puts yeah. it on me and he this leaves was- and i'm still just standing there in the room and the machine comes on again and i was like i'm not in the machine <laughs> it's <laughs> He got blasted in. with some x-ray particles. Like, lines the headpiece back up, and I'm like, thank you. <laughs> he does it. And then he takes like some pictures. And then like while he's doing it, it takes a little while to set the machine up. And he goes, we have so many problems in this room. <laughs> I was like, bedside demeanor is not great here. <laughs> <laughs> 
Also, I'm still not hearing a difference between this and a regular dentist office. It is a regular dentist office, but there's a vine wall. <laughs> That's it? There's That's just literally it. Pretty green walls. So we get to the, uh, the, the exam, and I got no problems with the procedure. Like the, sure. the, 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 not the x-ray tech, but the uh, uh, hygienist and the doctor are both very nice. Mm -hmm. um, Get the fluoride stuff. Informative, nice. yeah. The fluoride. They do the. They do the thing. Um, Any cavity? No, no complaints. Doing okay. No. No. No cavity. Wow. Uh, Amazing. After Congrats. five years, keeping care. <laughs> yeah. I, I did ask. I was like, "How much is this going to be out of pocket?" And she was like, "We'll know after the exam." And I was like, "I don't want to pay for an exam <laughs> if we don't know how much it's going to cost." That's the thing. Is and that so their whole thing? Is care. like you can like see how much you will owe at the end of the day on like when you schedule your appointment, right? Ideally. That's if all goes well. So they do the exam. I have like some, I got like the mama bear cleaning because they were like, you haven't been in five years, but you don't have cavities. So you get the middle tier cleaning. And they're like, the, the front desk lady is going to come back and go over the treatment plan with you. And I'm like, ooh, this I'm in like hospital. This is I'm how mid, they do it in hospitals. Yeah. Like I'm a mid visit financial consultation. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> and she wow. comes back and it's not a ton. It's like th there was like, I got like the, uh, this is really, really interesting. Gingivitis irrigation, which was like 70 bucks. It wasn't that bad. Okay. But so I'm like not terrible. Insurance covered most of it, but I was still just like, I, I don't like that. I had to wait until halfway through the visit to find out if I was going to pay yeah. $30,000 for this dental visit. <laughs> That'd be awful. No, it was. What it was, if? I was just the whole time. I was like, how much is this? Like, are you charging me a premium for the Ivy wall? Um, <laughs> and they were. They got to water that often. <laughs> I don't think it was real. I think much like the rest of the place, it was falling apart. Um, so we get to the cleaning, and this is the best part. She goes, you know how sometimes they make you wear, like, sunglasses? Yeah. yeah. Well, So you're not staring into the light. And there's also a flat screen TV over the chair, which I would norm normally think was cool. But given the rest of the office, there was no way I wasn't going to get, like, Final Destination <laughs> smashed by this thing. <laughs> I was like, they didn't put that in a stud. This is going to fall on me. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, uh, so before you go in on the app, you get to pick what flavor fluoride and what channel you want on the TV. Because Tend, the geniuses at Tend, have eliminated that four-second interaction you have of <laughs> what channel you want to watch. Wait, hold what on. What flavor do you want? What, what channel do you guys usually choose? I normally don't get a channel. Oh. We go to the dentist? Yeah, yeah, I don't. Oh, I usually ask for ESPN. Because that way Why? I can, because like it's, it's always on commercials are minimal. I can like catch up with like some sports news and it's like the easiest thing to talk about. Like, oh uh, yeah, it, you know, I don't know. Fucking Peyton Manning retired. I don't know what the news is anymore. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. What is last time you were at the dentist? He's watching repeats of sports center. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like it's either, it's gotta be either HGTV or ESPN. Otherwise you're going to have to like, the dentist is going to have to know something about you that you don't want them to know. <laughs> Disney Channel. Well, I picked Planet Earth. Nice. That was mine. I, That's I figured that was ambient enough, and I immediately had to watch a wolf eat a caribou. And I was <laughs> oh, no. Fighting, fighting back tears in the chair. Like, Did you just, Does like, it hurt? Snarl like, at no, the dentist? Not... Like, <laughs> just like, ah, this awakens me. I don't know. How are my canines? Yeah. But, yeah. Sharpen these. When they put you back, <laughs> pointy wolf teeth, please. Yeah. Is this preventative or, or a specialist? I, I can argue both. It's, it's preventative from being bitten by somebody else. You just point towards the wolf like, you ever treat one of those guys? That must be hard. <laughs> the best part of Tend, 
Oh, also, she was like, what channel do you want? And I was like, I thought the whole point of this place was we didn't have to do this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what am I paying for here? I put I put Mythbusters on the sheet, but she was like, they changed the channels, and now it's, we have Planet Earth now. Is that cool? And I was like, that's fine. Uh, I should have done Blue Planet. It's uh, not, yeah. not remotely similar. Um, so she goes, all right, here's your glasses and headphones. And she hands me a pair of Beats by Dre. Um, Legitimate which, Beats. Legitimate Beats by Dre, and I put them on, and I had a pair of lady sunglasses. <laughs> put those on. I saw that picture, though. You look good in those sunglasses. Yeah. I, I, I look like a, just a genuine shithead. And the Beats by Dre, lovely audio quality, I gotta say. That's but cool. very hard to hear when the dentist is saying, open, close, spit, rinse. <laughs> so I had to, like, uh... take them off like this so I could hear, <laughs> you know, dental instructions. Because all I had was, like, a caribou dying in my <laughs> Just David Attenborough. Just like, uh yeah, it was. It's very distracting sound. And then I left, and I looked at the the big sign that says "Dental done differently," and I thought, damn right. (laughs) (laughs) You get you get what you you get what you asked for there. It was nice that I I did get to ask. I was like, what's my next visit going to cost? And she was able to run the whole thing, and I was like, thank you. (laughs) So you're going going back? back? I have a follow up for the irrigation, but. It's it's covered by insurance though, and I know this up front now. So no, we're okay. okay. I, I see. The dental care was fine. It was what you'd expect from a dentist visit. Yeah. <laughs> it was the pomp and circumstance of it all that was the crazy part. And I'm sorry for talking for ten minutes about the dentist, but it's, I wanted to hear about a lot of. Yeah, that was, that's that was my a great story. Review of the millennial TikTok dentist. Mm. Great review. Great journalism. I was I, I tweeted at you too. I was I was surprised that you decided to do a live thread. You were tweeting as you went through it, and uh, I'd be worried that that uh, tend uh, corporate would be calling and say, "Yo, fuck his teeth all up." No, there's so. no way they could have received that message. <laughs> no clones exist. At the end, I asked for a receipt, and they said the printer doesn't work. And I was like, "That doesn't uh. work." That's <laughs> amazing. I nothing, see, oh. nothing here besides the dentist and the hygienist seems to have any idea what's going on. Incredible. The X-ray tech is winging it. <laughs> you just hitting a button, hoping that you get good pictures. I uh. <laughs> Uh, the name, obviously it reminds me immediately. It's an anagram for dent, which is, you know, dental. So whatever. Uh, but it mm-hmm. also reminds me of the, you know, the commonly used phrase, nine out of 10 dentists. I wonder if 10 is the 10th dentist. That's where <laughs> they get nine out of 10 dentists. You might be, you might be honest. Cause that's like the dental done differently. It's like, this is the dissenting of dissenting. Yeah. Ten oh. Also oh. in there too. Yeah. Ooh. We figured this is the it one out. Dentist who hates oral B. <laughs> Paradontax only here. <laughs> the, sh- the stride ride of toothpaste. <laughs> just like you, you follow up, you just you're about to leave, checking out. Just like I got to be back soon. I got to see what happens in the next episode. It's about jungles. <laughs> what I hate about this place is that it is far and away the closest and most accessible dentist to me. <laughs> it is the Aww. closest one. It has ample parking. It it is truly like. If I go somewhere else, I'm missing out on the the convenience of this place. Mm. But you do get an app. No, I, it's a web app. Oh well, never mind. No, just a web page. Just a website. Just a stupid Gosh, website. Damn. Well, my psychiatrist is an app. Your teeth look great. <laughs> Your so teeth look great, Will. Uh, proud of you. No cavities. Everyone, give it up for Will. Insert. I've only ever had one. Damn. Incredible one. It was a big one though. <laughs> it was a whole two the a- size of three molars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
you guys see the tweet today about the Billboard Top 10 from 2013? I did not. You did not? Absolute. Just get off my lawn tweet. (laughs) Yeah, just. Number one, thrift shop. Number two, blurred lines. That was problematic. I don't know why that stayed up in top two. Because we weren't. I'm sorry. We didn't care at that point. Yeah, it didn't matter. (laughs) That's true. That's true. It's a bang. Number three, radioactive. Bang. Number four, Harlem Shake. Everybody was doing it. Oh, sure. Uh, Fucking enough. Number five, second entry from Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. Can't hold us. Number six, it's like you, my mirror. Ayo. You know that song? Justin Timberlake, Mirrors? Yeah. No? That was a good one. That was a good one. Uh, then we got Just Give Me a Reason, Pink. Don't know it. When I Was Your Man, Bruno Mars, Cruise, Florida Georgia Line, featuring Hell yeah. Nelly. Hell yeah. And uh, number 10, Roar by Katy Perry. I'm actually surprised that wasn't up higher. But um, yeah, not not great top 20 radio that year. Uh, then you got some presumably Gen Zers in the comments being like, imagine being a music fan in 2013. I was thinking to myself, 2013 was a pretty banger year for music. 2013 like, was a fucking incredible year. It really also, was. Top 10 radio hits are pretty much always going to be... They're like, always going to doof- Doofus songs. Yeah, right. <laughs> the last time Not they that, were I mean, good was in 2017 when it was Gangnam Style, and it hasn't recovered since. <laughs> Gangnam Style was 2013, Sean. No, it wasn't. <gasps> it was. I looked it up. Dang. It was this year. See? Sorry, it was Amazing. 2012, but it charted 2013. That's right. It's been a decade since a Gangnam Style. We're due. Yeah, damn, we are due. Oh, that's a decade. Um, He's doing pistachio commercials now. We're due. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to challenge you guys. I brought a few of my favorite albums that are honestly like my some of my top favorite albums of all time um, from 2013. Uh, but I also want to know if you guys had just off the top of your head had some good 2013 albums. Yeah. Uh, of course, Sean does. He's going to start looking. The um, Heist with Macklemore and Wyatt Lewis. It's oh, the yeah. best rap I mean, album of all time. Damn, and it, we, I, <laughs> Did, were, you, were we at the same concert? Did we go see? We saw Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. We sure uh, the, fucking did. The one with uh, Andy Richter? With Andy Richter. Yep. yep. At, I was uh, there. Yep. yep. Saw them. Saw free me. Oh. Yep. A free show. I, that was it, the final four. Yeah. Oh, it was fun. It I was saw fun. him at it was Bonnaroo that It was a fun show. Yeah. Um, I mean, but two ten, of my favorite. Sorry. sorry. Top no, 10 please. hits are never, uh, they're never like, you know, intellectual songs, but like, they're usually club bangers. It's like yeah, it's all yeah. songs that like I would never like sit down and be like, it's time to listen to Ryan Lewis. But <laughs> if I'm like a couple drinks in and and can't hold this comes on, yeah, I'm putting a hand up and I'm making it everyone's <laughs> problem. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um two of my favorite albums for twenty thirteen. Number one, Starfucker's Miracle Mile, uh, is such an amazing album. We saw uh, for those who yeah, we saw them. We saw them at the uh, at the music festival dedicated to 2013 and that era of bands. Yeah, uh, that was a great that was a great uh, festival in Long Beach. Uh, Starfucker, Miracle Mile, Indie Rock. It's got some synth elements. Came out around the same time as like you know the jangly stuff like Washed Out, which Paracosm also came out in 2013. God. Uh, so it's kind of that like yeah. ethereal, dreamy, but also like really dancey, really fun pop music. If you haven't listened to Starfucker's Miracle Mile or Starfucker at all, please, amazing band. Uh, also, on the other side of the spectrum, Cupid Deluxe by Blood Orange, uh, also known as Dev Hines. Uh, R&B album, funky as hell. If you guys look up Cupid Deluxe and just take a look at the uh, album art, uh, and you'll know. It's it's a fun time. Uh, it's super funky, but also one of the loneliest albums, the saddest albums I've ever listened to. The lyrics are so sad, with songs like, I'm not good enough, and it is what it is, and stuff like that. It's it's that that mix of fun dance with sad, sad lyrics uh that is just absolutely amazing so those are my two favorite albums i think of 2013 but sean you said you had seminal 
2013 albums yeah. that I mean, you Okay, so I pulled out five albums that I have from 2013 that are like, I'm going to, they're just going to escalate in like importance and goodness. Okay. Sort of. Uh, first up, The Nationals, Trouble Will Find Me. Uh, beautiful record. Great release. Uh, super nice. I'm going to be spinning it a lot in the fall. Next up, you get Wonder Tricks Point Never's R Plus 7. A really pensive, great, like, electronic album. This was before, you know, Garden of Delete, which is, I think, one of the greatest electronic albums of all time. But this one's great. Chrome Country, super great song. Then you get into the weird, heavy stuff. You got The Bodies, <laughs> Christ Redeemers, which is horrific. Um, and also very, <laughs> like, meditative and, you know, uh, feels, like, spiritual in a way. Um, but then, fuck, remember the summer? Remember that summer, 2013? Yeah. Random Access Memory came Random out that year. Song of the Summer. Song of the Summer. Song of the Summer. Like, holy shit, what a great album. Yeah. Back to front. I listened to it last um, week. And then we, uh, an album came out. Uh, if you've seen it on stream, you can probably see the color of it. But this album changed me forever. And it's, they're still one of my favorite bands uh, to this day. Yoshi and Me Battle the Pickle Sunbather. Uh, Sunbather. Sunbather. I'm crossing out the one Sean's mentioning as he's mentioning <laughs> <laughs> This was the best reviewed album of that year, according to Metacritic. Like, across the board, everyone loved it. And they should. It's a perfect 10 out of 10. It's an incredible record. It changed the way that we, as a culture, approach like black metal and that sort of thing. Um yeah, Def Heaven's second record, Sunbather, came out that, what, August, I want to say? I've had this record for almost a decade now. Um, but yeah, that changed me forever. 2013 was a bang-up year. I always said, I had this rule, and I've noticed it because I've been compiling like Spotify playlists of my favorite albums of the years, that if it's an even-numbered, if it's an odd-numbered year, it's going to be great. It's like, there's going to be an album in it that's going to be like life-changing. It's going to be extremely it's gonna be seminal it's gonna be like this is a a, a a touchstone landmark album if it's an even year there'll be some good music but it'll be hard to kind of like find your favorite there'll be some really good music but it'll just be like i don't know if there's gonna be like a sunbather this year or then again maybe that's just me in my 20s because it's 2022 and there have been two albums this year that have come out that i have uh, just obsessed and poured over and we'll go over those later this year but uh yeah 2013 fucking ripped man great great year and I don't even have modern vampires of the city. Damn it! Sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, Will, continue. Use that as a second. I had modern vampires. Uh, Reflector was that year. Reflect- my favorite Arcade uh, Fire album. That's my least favorite. Um, Second least favorite. <laughs> all right. Well, it's a good album for it. It's, it's got some good. It's it's yeah. It's not bad. It's not. It was before Arcade Fire went just like. Bleh. It's it's my favorite Arcade Fire album, and then no one could take that from me. It was That's also fun. the biggest for me, the biggest year in uh, hip hop in terms of like, things I listened to. We I got. Uh, Doris, uh, Earl yep. Sweatshirts, Doris came out that year. Uh, Danny Brown's Old came out that year. Oh, so oh, good. Yeah. We're only getting album. better. Uh, Yeezus, my favorite Kanye album came out that year. It sure did. Uh, which I don't condone Kanye West's behavior or, or most anything about him, but, uh, Yeezus, almost perfect. It's incredible. It's so good. Sure. Yeezus cover was the cover. album that got me into Kanye. And probably my, my most listened to hip hop album of all time came out that year, Acid Rap, which is technically a mixtape. Uh. But oh. I, I thought you were gonna say Wolf by Tyler the Creator because that album also came out. Was Wolf that year? Wolf was that year, and Jeez. Art Run the Jewels One was that year, and um, uh, what's more, fuckboy music? I think uh, Money Store was that year. Was Run the Jewels One really 2013? It was. Um, Money Store was 2011, fun- Tyler. I think. Oh, sorry. I'm a, I must. I might. I was guessing on that one. Yeah. But uh, Trap God, ASAP Ferg. Oh man. Yeah. Producer yeah. Brand saying, uh, "Boards of Canada's Tomorrow's Harvest." Uh, so check out all of these good 2013 albums if you're a, you're a jaded. Also, what does the fox say came out that year? 
We never knew. Gosh, never found out. A quarter of this a quarter of this episode is just us listing albums. Uh, but we're learning, you Gen Zers. We're yeah. learning you for saying. Listen, listen to any of these, like Clockwork by Queens of the Stone Age was that Queens Queens of the Stone Age was that year. Oh shit. A.M. was that year. Jeez. This was a great year. Was Phoenix? No. Uh, WAP was like 2008-2009. First, uh, first Lord album was this year. Oh. Tennis Courts. Magna Carta Holy Grail. Was this the biggest hip-hop year of all time? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Might have been. It wasn't to Pimp a Butterfly uh, or a Good Kid Mad City year. That's true. That's true. No. But it was. Long live ASAP. Nothing was the same. What? This, there's a lot, okay. a lot this year. <laughs> 2013 was a banner year, but oh, you can't first tell churches? that. You can't ever tell that uh, by uh, looking at the Billboard charts. No. What's 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 this year so far? What's 2022 Billboard? Oh, no. I'm not gonna Let's see if Sean even knows it. Probably a lot of TikTok songs. Honestly, you might yeah. know some of them. Like me or the PS5. <laughs> oh, is that a song? <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, Lizzo, one hundred percent Lizzo. Lizzo songs. Running up that hill, maybe there, but that's not. No, that doesn't count. Hot one hundred right now is nothing I've heard of. Which because these are songs for children. <laughs> that's <laughs> these are that's high schoolers about, make yeah. these charts and. Oh, Beyonce. About damn time, Lizzo. As it was, Harry Styles. Running up that hill is number four. As it was is a great song. I'll stand by. I'm Harry looking Styles. at just Billboard top one hundred for the week. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Name off the top ten. For the week? Yeah. Uh, number one, Easy On Me, Adele. I don't know who this person is. Easy on me, baby. You don't know that song? Come you on. could just be making Come some more. Tyler. That, no, that, that's that's spot on. That sounds like, hey, Tyler, do an Adele impression. She has a song called Easy On Me, and you did it. Go we. Uh, okay. Stay by the Kid Leroy and Justin Bieber. Okay, that oh, still goes. Yes, that yes. song goes. <laughs> Probably heard it on on uh, Three is Heat Waves by Glass Animals, another TikTok song. Don't know that. Wow, Glass Animals. Glass We've Animals is song. like super popular. I do not know that song. You, you, I, I'll play it for you after the stream, and you'll go, "Oh yes, it's this song. That, it's on every TikTok." That did, these are, yeah. yeah, these are all TikTok songs at this point. Yeah, Shivers by Ed Sheeran, or Ed Sheeran. I don't know how to say that. Oh yeah, yeah, that one. Ed Sheeran. Uh, <laughs> number five is we don't talk about Bruno from Encanto. <laughs> it's still <laughs> number five. It's only been on the chart for two weeks. No, it that song charted like over they held the off holiday. Talking about Bruno's it, that long. I guess it left the chart and came back on it two weeks ago at number fifty and is now number five. That's unbelievable. They performed that at the trend. Oscars. They blew it. I've never heard that yeah, song in full still to this day. Six is Industry Baby with uh, Lil Nas X and Jack Harlow. Oh, wow. uh, that's been on there for a while. Of of the Jack Harlow meal fame. Um, mm. uh, seven is this can't be a real song. Um, Elton John and Dua Lipa's Cold Heart. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think. Wow. I I know that's from Elton John's newest album. I feel like it's also from the Elvis movie, but I don't quote me on that. Oh, I got to watch that. That actually that sounds Elvis like a John. I'll, yeah, I'll wait uh, for that to hit streaming for sure. Bad Habits, Ed Sheeran. Kids love Ed Sheeran, it turns out. Yeah. Folk, yeah I remember someone in high school popular. going to see him at center stage and being oh. like, does anyone else like this guy? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Doja Cats, Need to Know, and Super Gremlin by Kodak Black are the top ten. Super Gremlin, oh, Kodak Black. Yeah. <laughs> okay, by, by that. Why? That's too spooky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyways, Rocket now that we're coming up on the 
Now that we're coming up on the end of the episode, Sean, do you want to get to the bulk of the episode? Yeah, let me get to the meat of the episode, which I regale you two with uh, some Westerosi history. In any case, if you're listening to this, this Sunday, August 21st, uh, HBO is premiering their new show, House of the Dragon, which is a spinoff of Game of Thrones, the show that took over the world. It was the most popular show for the longest time from like throughout the 2010s. And sadly, they canceled it about six and a half seasons in. Um, there was no <laughs> seventh and eighth season, as we know. Um, I know like the fifth and sixth season kind of deviated from the books, but after that, they just were like, and hey, we're going to drop it. Um, and the creators uh, of the show, there was a seventh season. There yeah, wasn't. So you're being though. You're being silly. I was Come about on. to say there are only about five seasons. And anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah. So after Game of Thrones had a notoriously poorly received finish. No one, I don't think anyone was happy with it. I don't think anyone watched. I remember during quarantine when people were like binge watching shows and like saying like, oh man, this is great on rewatch. Not a single soul mentioned Game of Thrones. And for good reason, we still had a sour taste in our mouth from that finale. And I get it. I understand the TV show, while it was, you know, super riveting and it had, it introduced millions to the world of Westeros and the series, A Song of Ice and Fire. Uh, it also just kind of like didn't hit the landing at all. In any way, it I, I'm trying to think of what a gymnast could do that would be an equivalent to this, uh, but it was uh, shoot the judges. Yeah, exactly. They land, they land and they shoot, they murder everyone. Um, and then they make the uh, Bob Costas the king. Um, it's because <laughs> who better to be the king than Bob Costas? The man was <laughs> 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 uh, Sorry, Sean, that was hilarious. No, it's, Tyler no, it's just, fine. No. Tyler just put in the chat, y'all think that the two-headed dragon from Dragon Tales ever experimented? <laughs> the name's Zack and Wheezy, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not talking about Dragon Tales this week, Tyler. Uh, <laughs> well, we sort of are. Um, so... <laughs> Um, HBO, like I said, House. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be a four-part series. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. Come back next week. Sorry, Sean. Sorry, Sean. Oh, it's fine. I do have questions. I do have questions. Very funny. (laughs) Real, real questions. All right. So, House of the Dragon will be taking place about, let's see, one twenty-nine AC to two ninety-eight AC. What is AC? AC yeah. <laughs> is after conquest. Uh, that's measured uh, when Aegon the Conqueror uh, flew from Old Valeria and conquered Westeros and took it over from the children, um, and children of the forest, the Andals, old that whole thing. Um, so this takes place a century and a half or so before the events of Game of Thrones. I'm measuring it to the death of Jon Arryn, which pretty much started the events of the show. The reasons House of the Dragon will be good are here. David Benioff and D.B. Weiss are not involved in any form or fashion. Thank sure, God. you'll see similar styles, you see the sets, you'll see, you'll hear familiar names. The showrunners for Game of Thrones are not touching this with a 10-foot pole. It's a whole new show run by an entirely new group of people, new writers, new everything. Um, and it is a story that is finished. This is what I've been telling folks, is that the Dance of Dragons, the story about uh, Rhaenyra at uh, struggle for the throne against her brother Aegon is a long told tale. There's an episode in season two where Arya pretty much just kind of goes through it with Tywin Lannister. 
So this is a story that is, you can't really flub the ending. You can't say like, actually this happened. It's done. It, you would have to significantly change Westerosi history. Um, it's of course, HBO is like selling it as they always have with game of Thrones. Like there's going to be dragons, which cool. That's fine. But really all the game of Thrones heads I know that are really into this are just in it for just like the drama and the intrigue and good Christ alive. Is this going to have that? This is about the inner warring of a family, the Targaryens, uh, after the King Viserys dies, he's got one, he's got a legitimate daughter named Rhaenyra, who he anoints as uh, heir to the throne because his first wife can't have any sons. And then he remarries to, uh, da -da, get the book open with the family tree. He remarries some like King Henry shit to Alicent Hightower, whose uh, father is Hand of the King. Um, he remarries to Alicent Hightower, who has a son, Aegon, who is, I, he would be Rhaenyra's half-brother, and then once Viserys dies, Aegon, now, because he's a son, he's the firstborn son of the king, he has a claim to the throne. So you have two legitimate claims to the throne, basically forming factions and fighting each other with dragons. There's going to be war, there's going to be death, there's going to be intrigue, betrayal. It is... As you would expect with any story written by Martin, it is full of these larger-than-life characters, these incredible set pieces, this just wonderful sense of history. Here's the part I think that will pull you guys. There's no official account of the Dance of Dragons. When I say Dance of Dragons, I mean like the civil war between the two factions, the Blackfires and the Targaryens, or not the Blackfires, but basically the Greens and the Blacks, the those who took the side of the High Towers with Aegon, and those who took the side of uh, the Blacks, those who took the sides of Rhaenyra, the Targaryens. Um, there's no, as the story is told, there are multiple accounts of how things happened, and it's going to be interesting to see how the show itself is told knowing that there are these multiple accounts of like, Hey, this person died because they were thrown out of a window. No, they were murdered. No, they hung themselves. It's the point of view. The show is going to take is going to be extremely important. And like just the wide swath of swath of things. Um, I don't know. It's, I watched a couple featurettes that they've released on YouTube ahead of time. They've got George R. R. Martin talking about it, talking about like why it's significant. They've got the showrunners talking about why they made the show, what is so exciting about the show, and to see like the sets come together, the characters come to life, the actors talk about, you know, who they're playing. I'm all of a sudden back into Game of Thrones again. And it feels great because this is something I poured so much of my life into. And then when the show ended, as it did, without any sign of another book from Martin, um, I just kind of like, Fell flat. It was, it was a passion. Yeah, Elden Ring to vaguely work on. <laughs> you know, after <laughs> watching a bunch of, uh, like I talked about last week, the Alt Shift X videos about like the children of the forest and the werewoods and things like that, Elden Ring makes so much more sense to me now. It's like, absolutely, that came from George R. R. Martin. Um, but yeah, we don't know when Winds of Winter is coming out, so we don't really know how the Song of Ice and Fire is going to end, but we do know now we have a extremely fun and cool prequel series to look forward to. It's probably like three or four seasons. Um, the first season is just going to be set up, just kind of get to know the characters, get to know the entry, get to know the drama. Second and third season, that's going to be the dance, baby. And fourth, it's going to be folks reckoning with the loss of more, most Targaryens and even more dragons. Um, if I, aw. if I can, uh, if I can play devil's advocate here. Hmm. Uh, so this, this isn't officially in any of the books, right? Like this is referenced, but it's not. It is not detailed. included in it's it's talked about and referenced pretty heavily 
through the books. There has been obviously this official text printed, A World of Ice and Fire, and there's also the other book, Fire and Blood, which recounts the entire Dance of Dragons. That's pretty much what the show is basing itself on. Because you said this event's already happened, but that's just any show that's happened in the past tense. <laughs> that's just right. But what I mean is that like it's there's, like it's already written. Exactly. It's been written. Okay. The story, okay. There's, so there is, is a beginning, is, middle, and end. It is outlined somewhere. It is, yeah, like I said, Fire and Blood is the entire account. Obviously, like gotcha. I said, it's it's an account of many maesters and many, like, witnesses and things like that, but it's an account. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. I'll I mean, I'll check it out. I've watched I've watched most of Game of Thrones, except the end. Um, I was actually in the airport when it was, when it was airing, so <laughs> I just... Saw people around me looking disheveled, and I decided, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll and check it out. You guys have any other questions? I do. Uh, and it's it does pertain to this, not Dragon Tales. Although, the previous question still stands. Um, Most definitely. I, I actually asked this in the Discord. How big does a house have to be for a dragon to fit comfortably in it? Um... They, I know the Targaryens kept the dragons that they had in King's Landing in a place called, I believe it was Magor's Holdfast, which was a, pretty much a big coliseum um, with each dragon having their own cage. So I think the house would have to be, I'm talking square footage, or are you just like... Coliseum is a great answer. That was a better, even better answer than I expected. That's Coliseum's bad. not bad. I think maybe half a Costco for like per dragon. Mm. They, they hang out in the milk room to get cool. Yeah. <laughs> Just put uh, their head in. But yeah, there's going to be... I, this book lists all of the dragons involved with the dance. There's like 30-something. I saw a tweet about it. Yeah, there are... Uh, let's see. The dragons in the dance. One, two, six. Nine. So are they going to be fighting each other, too? Because... Yeah. There's going to be... Actually, okay. There is cool, a, a moment... But there is a battle between... Let me find it here real quick. Um, Daemon Targaryen and Aemon Tar Targaryen. Uh, that will be one of the sickest in-air battles I think we'll ever see on TV. Nice. Um, dragon dogfight. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. They're Targaryens. They're riding dragons. That's the whole... Mm, I'm not going not gonna to gripe about it too much. I understand it came out of nowhere. But when people are like, I can't believe she burned the city down on a dragon. It's like, that's what she does. Uh, okay. Yeah, she, as a, well, she hadn't done it in the show. <laughs> that's not true. Most people had she seen. hadn't written a dragon and burned cities, but she had burned cities. And she had terrorized cities in Essos before that. So... Whatever. Um, I will say it is the Targaryens. There's going to be a lot of uh, uh, sisters and brothers uh, marrying and uncles. And it's going to be a lot of, you know, keeping the blood. So that actually there. does kind of answer my, my other question. What was the other question? About the experimenting and stuff like that. It's not experimenting, yeah. friend. It's that's just pure. Just it's like full blown. Just that's just yeah, like the royal bloodline keeping pure. Um, yeah, it was a huge shock to us in the first episode of Game of Thrones. But, you know, Cersei. <laughs> Very, you know, she justified herself saying that the Targaryens did it for years, and no, so that that will me. happen. Uh, fortunately, let me flip back to the family tree here. Um, it's this vertical branches. Look at this. Look at this. You can watch. You can see it on the screen. You can it's a straight up. line. This is like it starts with Aegon the Conqueror here, right? And then right Daenerys down. is like right here. This is hundreds of years of just wow. Targaryen. It's rule. like twelve people. In between her and this shit um, interests me more than any world history possible. It's um, well, it'll actually happen. Yeah, it's a true story. Let's see. Yeah, uh, yeah. Rhaenyra marries her uncle, Daemon. 
Um, Beautiful. Yeah. It's so. It's you know there's going to be a lot of that, and I, I imagine there's going to be some discourse about it. But it is. Martin didn't put this in the book because he's like, oh, wouldn't this be nice? This is the shit that happened back in medieval times. So he's basing it off of history. In any case, that's the one caveat for enjoying the show <laughs> I can think of. Because I don't think they're going to put any egregious sexual assault in it, which is great. But you don't know really? that. That I do not know that. We could we could get past you know the first season. I'm like, oh, there sure was a lot of that that didn't need to be. And this is uh, this is HBO, right? This is HBO. That's right, because uh, Amazon's got their uh, Lord of the Rings well, prequel. Another Rings? Yeah, another like, prequel series, yeah. Um, but I think House of the Dragon deserves the hype. I don't think it's going to be as big as Game of Thrones because it's, like I said, it's going to get real dorky and real technical. But for, you but know. But it us, might not. <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> it might, might not. Be, it might just be it like. It might be the casual Game of Thrones that people didn't like the first one for being. <laughs> that may be true. There's just, there's going to be, it's not as a clear and crisp as the series of like there are all these different families fighting uh as far as i know here there's like three families but it's all the one family it's all like within the one family yeah (laughs) it's like the hatfields and the mccoys if they were had dragons (laughs) sick um yeah it's gonna be it's i think it's gonna be a really fun show and i'm looking forward to it and if any Uh, of y'all listeners tyler will anyone do you have any questions uh, feel free to reach out to me. I've been studying this stuff for weeks, and I plan on reading Fire and Blood while the season's going on, if not shortly afterwards. It's 80,000 words, so it might take me a while, but I, I am fascinated by this kind of stuff. I watched a half-hour essay about the Dance of the Dragons, and to hear like the abridged version, I was like, I've got to read this. This is incredible. Oh, he actually wrote Fire and Blood. Yeah. Okay, so he he has written a book. Yeah. Like, no, th- this Martin's names on this too. Like, and you see it here, like it's George R. R. Martin, but he's got Elio M. Garcia Jr. And Linda Attenson, who I've Antonson, who I think will, if Martin kicks it before the series is over, please. I hope he doesn't. They'll likely take over because they know more about Westeros than George R. R. Martin does practically. <laughs> um, but yeah, he wrote fire and blood. I think it was like 2016, 2017 when it came out. Um, yeah. Fascinating account. The dance of dragons is a legendary event. All right. It's going to be fun. I'll watch it. It's going to be good. I'll watch it for the dragon fights. <laughs> uh, and the experimenting, of course. The bad wings. <laughs> and the experimenting. Cool. So, uh, apologies to uh, Nathan Fielder. We've got a couple weeks to do this. Anyway. <laughs> uh, but we spent... We can do this next week. spent a whole long time talking about uh, 2013 music and uh, a Game of Thrones. So, uh, that, was, that was... 2013 property. Yeah. And my trip to the living dentist, in the past. Which I hadn't been to since 2013. Wow. So, that can't be... <laughs> <laughs> can I before we wrap up I have a really quick uh, tournament of champions yes uh, that yeah. I think is is pretty it's pretty big stalemate here so on one end we have the Baba Yaga the uh, witch the mother witch from Slavic folklore and her cauldron which she uh, cooks up different buffs and debuffs as well as children to eat and then on the other hand other side of the arena we have the benevolent witch Strega Nona who is known for her cauldron that produces infinite spaghetti. <laughs> you guys have read Straganona, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Craziest story of all time? Tommy DePaula? It's, it's, <laughs> it's Straganona, and then... not the author of Straganona? Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I'm around a lot of books. <laughs> <laughs> he died last year. I remember people talking about it. I remember people talking about it. 
Tommy DePaula. <laughs> he had written and illustrated so many books from my childhood, and he passed away. And people were like, "Oh man, I love Stregonona. R.I.P. to a real <laughs> one." I was like, "I don't remember Stregonona that well, but I remember Tommy DePaula because I remember like toddlers introducing him to me on the. Uh, uh, I almost called it the Rainbow Connection on uh, uh, <laughs> the Rainbow uh, Bridge. Reading Rainbow, Stregonona, the classic, where she uh, she has an assistant named like Big Michael or something, <laughs> and Big Michael sees her making up infinite spaghetti in her cauldron, so he tries the spell himself, and it floods the town with spaghetti. And I don't know if you guys remember, but at the end of the book, the town called for him to die. And Stregonona said, no, no, he's going to eat everything. Uh, so who would win? The Baba Yaga or Stregonona? It's a war of attrition, really. <laughs> I'm going Baba think, Yaga. Satan wins in this one. I think Baba Yaga's got to get it done fast. But if they can't, dab it up. If they can't, um, I think Stregonona wins the long game. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's fair. In <sighs> many ways, the feud between Baba Yaga and Stregonona is similar to the Dance of Dragons as presented <laughs> here in a world of ice and fire. Beautiful. Uh, I looked up what Tommy DePaulo looks like, and he is in our uh, group chat now. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy DePaulo has logged on. Folks, I have been uh, Sean. You can find me on Twitter at that Sean Barry. Sean M. Barry everywhere else. Sean from Radish on my analyst, um, yeah. which I have been keeping up with every time I watch. You have. Every time I read a couple new chapters of One Piece, I watch a new episode of Kaguya-sama or Mob Psycho, I will update it. That's my Y'all need to get more active on there. That's my Every time Sean's reading One Piece or Will's reading Aliens era, area, I go in there and I heart it. And no one's hearting anything that I'm doing. Well, I don't know the you app doesn't have the feed. Oh, uh, yeah. Website. That's though. why I go to the website. Uh, the oh. Website. I'm dedicated. I want to know what you guys are doing. I haven't seen the website yet. I'll go to the website and okay, go to the website and let's go heart some of Tyler's stuff. Yeah. Please. Please. Watching Fire Force. It's just okay. Um, <laughs> hey. I'm Tyler. You can find, <laughs> yes. you can find, I rated it a six. Let's be honest. Uh, I've been uh, Tyler. You can find me online at Tyler from Radish. You can find the podcast online at Radish Pod. Uh, let me plug some old stuff that we did. We just did it detoxicated. That was great. We had a really great time. We got toxicated. It was fun. Uh, And then we also had a fantastic interview with Robot Giggles in the past few weeks. Uh, The VOD is still on Twitch. Uh, It'll be on YouTube at some point. But also listen to the episode itself on, uh, you know, wherever you listen to podcasts. But, um, yeah. And go to anysaurus.com slash Discord to join our Discord. It's just literally getting better every day. Thank you, Mal. I'm Will and Fire Force is great. Will from online. I like I like the fights. Let's be real. The fighting is fantastic. It's it's one of my favorite like shonen worlds. I love the fight, the powers, the sound design. It's so good. I it the fights look amazing. I love the OP and the ED. So I mean, honestly, that, that should too, be enough to keep me back going. It's at least uh, a seven. Okay, it's I'm on, gonna put mine up. It's on my. Maybe on- you'll like some of my stuff. How far are you in the series? Uh, I think I'm like five episodes in. I'm not giving oh, up. Come on, I'm not giving up. <laughs> you haven't gotten to Vulcan, the best character. Well. Okay. The villains get so good. It's not a static score. Five episodes in, I'm at a six. That's all I'm saying. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. Five episodes in at a six. Okay. Also, read Sakamoto Days. It's great. All right. All right. Sorry, Will, did you plug yourself? I, I did at the very end. Okay. Go plug yourself. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Shh.